0: Straight Talk from Israel.
1: You're listening to Israel News Talk Radio.
2: Well, it is the... Gregorian calendar's year of 2023, a year of major change and risk. That's what our guest today says and what he will be talking about. He says here, Samuel Huntington famously described a clash of civilizations. The question for the year 2023 to 2024 may be a clash of civilization With itself? With itself? Hmm. Dr. Mordechai Ben-Menachem joins us. He's a researcher, former lecturer at ben Gurion University. He's authored over 80 books and 400 research papers on science, history, and more. He commentates on Mideast and world issues. Welcome to the show, Dr. Mordechai Ben-Menachem. Thank you. All right, well... It is January 1st as the show is being broadcast live. By the way, I I want to remind everybody, if you'd like to join us on the air, we do live shows so you can join us. Our numbers, our phone numbers are on the top of the homepage at IsraelNewsTalkRadio.com at the top of the page. You can call in if you're listening live on Sunday afternoon, uh, January 1st from 4 to 5 p.m., holy time, or if it's between 9 to 10 a.m. U.S. Eastern time, that means that we are live. You can call in and join us, and you can comment on what we're talking about, or you can ask a question on what we're talking about. All right, so uh, we are in the year now, 2023. You're saying that there's going it's going to be a year of major change and risk. I can tell our listeners already, Part of the change is that Israelis woke up to a price hike in water, in uh, gas for your car. 8% uh, I think is going up. And for water, 3.5%. And our city taxes are going to be going up. And who knows what, a whole bunch of other stuff. Now, at the same time that that's going up, just to put everybody at ease, also the salaries of the judges... (laughs) The judges, who, by the way, don't pay for electricity, their salaries going up, and so are the salaries of the members of the Knesset of the parliament here in Israel. Their salaries are going up, and prices are going up. Our salaries, okay. Take it away.
0: <laughs> well, uh, let, let me phrase it this way. I'm, I'm perceiving. We'll, we'll get back to the issues of, of internal Israel. A little bit later, but I'm looking going to look at a, at a broader view at the moment and look at that, look at the what I perceive to be happening in the world as a whole. So I'm saying that there are five major challenges that will be that we'll be seeing in this coming year, and I'll rattle them off, and then we'll go into detail. So the five major challenges: the there's an enormous wealth gap. In other words, people are, are there's a, phenomenal, un, almost unprecedented uh, gap between what's called the rich and the poor. Um, a lot of unfinded, unfound, unfunded, sorry about, unfunded liabilities, promises that can't be kept. Second one is major wars, not just what people normally think of war, but trade war, technology war, geopolitical war, capital war, kinetic war. Ukraine war is just a distraction. It's barely on the radar right now. The third one is ineffective monetary policy. Um, uh, 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 Europe and Japan are economically dead or dying. There's a negative bond yield. The fourth one is a challenge of the major dominant world power. Again, you can have whatever opinion you like about the United States and its future. It is being challenged. And there is no doubt about that. And challenge to the major dominating the dominant world power is always something which matters, always. And the fifth one is the Western world systems are in a state of implosion. World system, by world systems, I'm talking about education, healthcare, travel, information, even sewage systems around the Western worlds are in a very sad state right now. And that's an important thing to think of because, as we all probably know, On the 1st of January 1900, world population is 1.6 billion. 1st of January 2000, 6.1 billion. Most analysts believe that the major change that allowed that phenomenal difference in world population, and of course, uh, 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 concurrent with that, with world um, uh, life expectancy, was the sewage systems. Clean water. clean water and everything that matters uh, the, the people had sewage
2: most people at the end of the 19th century did not have flush toilets they were dumping the sewage into the fresh lakes in the united states and people were drinking that water and people were dying of typhoid they were dying of all sorts of diseases polio etc. I mean you know
0: it's not just the united states it's right right,
2: right but That's i'm just the way I'm, it was the, the article that that i w- was familiar with was talking about the united states but yes you're you're absolutely right
0: Okay, so let's look at these challenges on a a more personal level, first of all, and then we'll look at it systemically. Okay, so on the personal level, uh, uh, there's a hidden danger that people are basically unaware of. Note this number. There are 1,000 trillion, that's not 1 trillion, 1,000 billion, 1,000 trillion off-balance sheet derivatives in the international banking system. That's a very, very, very large number. It's supported by a leveraged sliver of collateral. If at any point in time there is a U.S. dollar shortage, this will implode very quickly. What does a shortage mean? People are probably familiar with the basic concept, even if they don't quite understand the meaning of it, of quantitative easing. We're talking now about quantitative tightening, QEQT. Quantitative easing means that basically the Fed is printing massive sums of money, what's been going on now for the past 18 years in the United States. Quantitative tightening means that they are limiting the amount of liquidity in the markets. Why does this matter? Quantitative easing promotes inflation. Quantitative tightening promotes uh, um, uh, um, uh, a limitation of liquidity. As I said, if a liquidity crisis occurs, and it is highly likely at this point, because of that off-balance sheet phenomenal number, this is something that is very significant for the financial markets. And of course, financial markets means every single one of us sort of a damned if you do, damned if you don't. If they print print too quickly, we get inflation. If they print, if they contract, we get a liquidity crisis. You need to know what your goals are. Portfolio allocations are modeled on 30-year history. But 30-year history is no longer really what we need to be looking at. That's the the basic problem that we're discussing here. For the past 30 years, we've had an an aberration in the markets. Tremendous quantity of liquidity, tremendous uh, increase in um, uh, 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 the, uh, the size of capital markets with very, very historically uh, 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 extreme lows of historical um, interest rates. Those interest rates are changing now. We all know that. But the changing interest, raising interest rates now by the Fed is a very blunt instrument. We've spoken about this in the past. It's not functioning yet it used to function because there's just simply too much liquidity there. So stocks and bonds crept up steadily till now for the past 30 years. Stocks gave investors capital appreciation, bonds gave them income, but none of this conventional wisdom is going to be functional for the next, for the coming two years. At least, if not for the coming decade. Central banks are running scared. Expect them to overreact with every every reaction. Taming inflation this time is not going to be easy, even if people think it is.
2: I remember. Sorry, go ahead. Yes, yes. I remember hearing a news report a few weeks ago that in I think it was India they were preventing people from taking out more than 200 and some dollars a week from their banking accounts because they're afraid of I don't know if a bank run or they just want to control the economy more but this is this is frightening that this is their money in their bank account and they're being prevented from taking out their cash only up to two hundred some dollars uh, a week or so.
0: Well, you have a bit of an inaccuracy there—a very common inaccuracy. Okay. People have a habit of not reading the the, the 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 contracts that they sign with the bank. When you deposit money in the bank, I know this is true in almost every Western country. I haven't tra- I haven't checked them all, but I believe that is it is nearly universal. When you deposit money in the bank, you are gifting them the money. You are become a, a, a debtor, a debt of the bank. But the money is theirs to do it as they please. It is no longer your money by
2: legal definition. And then you kind of have to have your money in some bank because people have bills to pay, credit cards, etc., and you need a bank account for that. So you're kind no, of,
0: no. <clears throat> well, the most part, yes, I can, I can, I can reveal that I do not.
2: Well, you're special anyway.
0: <laughs> I'm weird. I know. I'm always, I always have been.
2: All right. We're going to a break, but when we get back, you tell everybody what we're going to be discussing. Well, as
0: I said, we'll talk about, we've, we've now
2: spoken about the personal level. Now I'll
0: look at the syst- systems level. We'll, we'll see what, syst- what systems we're talking about and what they mean.
2: All right. We'll be right back, everybody. Don't go anywhere. By the way, we have a new show coming up. You're going to hear the promo for it soon. We'll be right back. We are back here at the Tamar Yonah Show on IsraelNewsTalkRadio.com. And we are speaking with Dr. Mordecai Ben-Menachem. The year 2023 to the year 2024, what might we expect? We have, again, Dr. Mordecai Ben-Menachem joining us. He's a commentator on uh, Middle East and world issues. So where would you like to start? Okay, we've spoken about systemic collapse. So let's look at
0: systemic collapse across systems. Okay, but Let, let's take the, the the most almost trivial example. It's not trivialized at, at all, actually, but apparently trivial example. New York and California, the states that are generally considered the most liberal, the most left leaning, the most woke, whatever terminology you you care to you care to spew out. These now these now, from April 2020 to to July 2022, basically a uh, a uh, 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 two year period. New York lost 524,000 persons in its population. Its population shrunk by more than half a million. California lost 509,000. New York, that means 19,000, 19,500 people left every month. In California, 18.9 uh, 18. thousand left every month. Just to give another another statistic, in New York alone, Seven hundred sixty-four chain store closers, closures in New York City alone in that period of time. Words, what. There is an effect when you have all of these um, uh, uh, criminals. This, this, this. Uh, what are they, the what are they calling it now? uh, 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 uh when, when these, when these, they, it's not shoplifting anymore. They have a new term for it now. But whatever. So the, the chain stores are closing, they're simply no longer giving, the, supplying the service to their clients. That's just a, 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 an example of a systemic collapse we're seeing throughout the United States, the whole issue of population motion within the United States. The energy economy, another example of systemic collapse. German electricity today is not just the world's most expensive, it is also the dirtiest. Cut it into uh, a numeric uh, numeric uh, concepts. Germany in Germany, the um, uh, the cost of electricity is 34 U.S. cents per kilowatt. Denmark 33, Belgium 30, 29, Holland 28, Italy 28. Uh, uh, average for Europe of uh, as a whole is 21. United States is at is, is somewhere around 15 right now. Israel is at 16. These changed slightly uh, uh, two months ago. United States was was a little bit of above, above Israel. United States has gone down over the last two months. Israel state steady. Education system, what's happening in education system? We're seeing we're seeing instead of educating children, we're seeing grooming children. Whether you're talking about grooming them towards uh, um, uh, uh, Islam or grooming them towards revisionist history and to distrust the country that they live in. Again, I'm not talking about the United States. I'm talking about The entire Western world. A revisionist history, a rejection of science in the name of multiculturalism. Everybody shouts during the the, the COVID debacle, listen to the science. But that's not what they did, is it? They actually disdained the science and not only rejected it, but suppressed it. Children are conditioned now to reject all traditions all throughout the Western world. It's no accident that anti-Semitism is escalating at an ar- unarming rate. Don't blame Israel, Islam for that. It's not Islam's fault that anti-Semitism is skyrocketing. This is all internal. This is if you distrust the traditions that gave birth to your culture and your civilization, then you will have anti-Semitism because hating Jews is always the canary in the coal mine. It always has been. It continues to be. I
2: I want to comment on what you said about that they're grooming our children. I I, I sent you this a little while ago. Understanding Democrat terms, and it's kind of tongue-in-cheek, but it's real. Democratic socialism equals socialism. Toxic masculinity equals straight white male. Political correctness equals controlling speech. Assault weapon equals any gun. Identify as equals pretending to be. Pro-choice equals legalized murder. Undocumented equals illegal or new voter. (laughs) It's funny. News reporting equals liberal talking points. Climate change equals another tax opportunity. Inequality equals your money should be theirs. Racist, fascist, Nazi... Equals anybody who disagrees with liberals.
0: You, well, know, it's, you, know, it, it, you know, it sounds, as you said, it sounds tongue-in-cheek. It sounds as humor, and it, it sort of is, is presented as humor, but it isn't. But Because the, what they're trying to do is they're trying to control language. And, and George Orwell warned us about this. We know what this means. Right. Everybody knows what this means. Yeah. And actually George Raw was, was far from the first to, to talk about this. Goebbels talked about it extensively. So these, these are things that are that are that are well known. Mm-hmm. Alright, I just want to give one more example of, of these systemic collapses and that's the healthcare systems. I'll start with the UK. There was a report today from the UK, from Britain. Not a report from somebody external who might, <clears throat> who might be thought of uh, saying something perhaps negative about, about Britain. This is a re- internal to the UK. At nearly every hospital in the UK, there are now queues for ambulances. Some ambulances have been, have been, have been left to wait with patients inside the ambulance. For as much as 10 to 15 hours. And we're talking about queues that can be as long as 30 ambulances long. The entire health system around Europe, all around Europe, is under unprecedented pressure. Not only are costs rising phenomenally, particularly in energy and everything else, but the healthcare systems across Europe. Are collapsing. Part of this is because of the Ukraine war, and suddenly the, they're, they're faced with tens of millions of, of Ukrainian refugees. I'm not blaming the Ukrainians for that, but it happens to be a fact. Part of this is because of their, the, the phenomenal number of, 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 of migrants or refugees or whatever you want to call them from North Africa and other places entering into Europe. But the fact remains: European healthcare systems are in very, very big trouble right now. And it's not clear what effect this is going to have in this coming winter, depending on how harsh the winter actually turns out to be.
2: It sounds also like people that call the police for an emergency, their house has been broken into or they're under attack, that the police can't respond until maybe two hours, four hours. If at all. If at all. And and yes. Again, I, in fact, call. I remember Mordecai, They were saying that they that the, the police said that they were no longer going to respond to certain uh, crimes. I yes, don't. De- I don't remember which the they United were. States.
0: That that particular comment was in the United States, and yes. all across uh, the Western world. Not that that's any comfort. I'm sorry.
2: But it's just it's just really it's just uh, it's so sad, so horrible. Okay. Oh, go of course, ahead.
0: if you if you're not funding the police and they don't have the equipment or the, or the personnel to, re, to respond.
2: Right. Okay. Yep. Okay. We need to understand, are, are we going for a break now? We? we are going to break another three minutes.
0: Okay. Um, uh, uh, we, we need to remember that real economic damage depends on how far central banks go to hold inflation. I'm going back. I'm, I'm looking at everything as a long-term view. I'm not looking at, Today and tomorrow, we're not looking at even this quarter. We're looking at long-term view here. The Fed will eventually stop raising rates. What happens then? Interest rates have been rising now for at least 12 months, depending on what country. Bear markets end only when the central bank lowers interest rates. Almost every historical down had multiple peaks. This one will as well. There's almost no doubt about that. If you hope for things to largely get back to normal in 2023, you're likely playing a fool's fool's game. What does normal even mean anymore? Normal should mean reliable relations between asset classes. There is no longer a real safe collateral any longer. You're not going to hold a gold bar as a collateral to a bank. Banks don't want that. They want things that they can trade in. So, the question of collateral now is a big issue, as we spoke of a little bit be- a little bit before. Real unemployment is rising across all U.S. segments, and this is already spreading out to other places in the world. A warning, just before the break. Now, we're, we're just just a final thing before the break. There's a tendency to identify with an investment. This inevitably results in poor risk management.
2: Explain. Give an example.
0: always change. Sorry? Give is an some? example. Um, a person uh, buys a stock and is in love with that stock, with that company. <coughs> he doesn't view it as, a, as an investment. He views it as a religion. When your investment becomes a religion, it's time to lose faith. What I can say in terms of a personal portfolio in this year, avoid haste and look very carefully at gold. Even if you don't own it, I recommend you own gold, but that's my personal recommendation. Everyone has to
2: decide for themselves. Pay attention to me. Right.
0: Avoid haste and watch gold. Even if you don't own it, gold always has a meaningful relation to everything else.
2: All right. We're going to be back after the break for our last segment. Don't go anywhere. Back here at the Tamar Yona show, our last segment, and we are speaking with Dr. Mordechai Ben Menachem about the year 2023. What might we expect? What major changes and major risks might we see? So, where would you like to t- take this last segment, Dr. Mordechai Ben Menachem?
0: Yeah, I want to talk about a little bit about supply chains. Again, this is a subject that everybody is aware of the of the title, of the, the concept, of supply chains. Not many people are aware right now what it actually means for them, for the individual. So let me give a, a, a very basic uh, <clears throat> overview of the concept. Supply chains basically since 1989, basically since the collapse of the, of the, uh, uh, the so-called Cold War, um, there's been one global supply chain. Supply chain was facilitated by the United States. Basically, the United States made a deal in the uh, 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 um, uh, uh, 60s and 70s of the previous century and 80s and said, OK, guys, said to the world, we will supply the world with a navy, which will basically police the seas. And therefore, anybody can tra- trade with anyone else without any fear. And that worked until the end of the Cold War. Uh, I'm I'm sorry. Uh, uh, through the end of the Cold War and has been functioning now basically until the middle of the previous decade. And then it began to collapse. The United States started to say, wait a minute, why are we supplying this service and not benefiting from it? And I'm not criticizing the United States for saying that. The question is a legitimate question. It was very, very costly to the United States in terms of of uh, 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 what the taxpayer paid, we're seeing right now that the U.S. military budget is close closing on uh, uh, closing on to a, a trillion dollars a year, and basically the U.S. military is very bad and it's not qualified. It's not really capable of doing anything. It's not. Um, I, I'm not phrasing that well. The U.S. military right now is in big trouble. It has, it has a dearth of ammunition. It has a very large shortfall of manpower. Um, uh, 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 we've seen over the last 70 years that most, um, while it could win individual actions, it has not won any individual wars, any overall wars. It's failed in Afghanistan, failed in Iraq, failed in uh, uh, almost every place that it went. Unless it was utterly trivial, like Granada. So there's a there's a dichotomy here. How do you, on the one hand, spend phenomenal sums like 850 billion dollars a year and still lose wars? Clearly, it's technologically the most powerful military the world has ever seen. Then why does it lose? So I'm gonna uh, now. Remember, I'm talking about all this in the, in the framework of supply
2: chains. So, what does this mean for the world economy? Well, wait do you have a re- do you have a reason an answer to why well, so much money? I have, money-
0: a, I have a, uh, uh, an answer to that. It's not it's a, it's a, it's a nasty answer. Um, if we look, for instance, at um, uh, the two um, uh, heads, if you like it, of the American military right now, the um, um, uh, the American Secretary of Defense and the American um, uh, what, what's he called the, the Chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff these are both very high-ranking generals neither one have, has ever seen combat that's an amazing thing to say neither Austin nor Milley have ever seen actual combat they don't really know what they're, what they're doing they don't really know what they're talking about
2: I have seen more combat, and I was only a, a corporal. So you're saying it's incompetence, basically. Basically, yes. And unpreparedness.
0: Well, th- those are the same, that's the same concept. There's no light between those two concepts. If, if you're unprepared, then you're incompetent in military. So the supply chain was, the global supply chain was overextended. It included all sorts of hidden costs that people weren't really aware of. And these costs grew as time progressed. In other words, all of these costs are creeping costs. They're costs that increase over time rather than decrease over time. You're not really oiling the the wheels of the supply chain. You're actually clogging them up. And these these vulnerabilities are uh, uh, less direct control of quality and uh um, uh, 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 um, um less control <coughs> <pardon me. coughs> and less control over all sorts of um um intangible things that are very difficult to to perceive on the on the first on the first look now i I should give a a, a basic comment here as people are aware I'm a former lecturer at Ben Gurion University, I was in the industrial engineering department and before that I spent many decades in industry. So I I think I do have something to say about industry. I was an industrialist myself um, uh, at various levels of management and as I said also for many years a lecturer in industrial engineering. So these are things that are known in academia. All of this now is changing. What appears to be happening is this global supply chain is breaking down. We're seeing that um, uh, COVID, for instance, is, is cracking open China. And by the way, we should all be aware that it appears to be the first signs of it, but apparently there are new strains of COVID appearing in China, and China is being very helpful to the world to export these strains as quickly as it can, as it did in the first
2: <laughs> How <year>. helpful.
0: <laughs> yes. So we need to be aware of that. Um, most airlines do not have um, 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 uh, mechanisms in place to have any control over the passengers that come from China. I'm certainly not saying anything against Chinese people. I'm talking about the Chinese government. Um, what appears to be happening is that new forms of supply chains are forming. In other words, the so-called East, quote-unquote, is forming its own supply chain, and the West is forming its own supply chain. Uh, Russia, for instance, is, 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 uh, as a result of the, 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 the this basically silly and ridiculous sanctions put on it by, by Europe, is now supplying... Uh, becoming a major supplier of of, uh, uh, natural gas and oil to China, to India. In other words, they're looking eastward rather than looking westward. Previous to the war, 50 percent of of, uh, Russian oil was flowing westward. It's now dropped precipitously, and they're building additional pipelines to enhance their supply to, to, to their eastward partners. Now, this includes, again, uh, China, Korea, uh, India, uh, 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 Pakistan, all of Southeast Asia, etc., etc. So this is very significant. Again, the supply chain structures over the world are changing. And the U.S. Navy cannot control this because all of these new supply chains between Russia and China, for instance, are overland and not via the sea and China uh, and Russia is now building a supply corridor across the north of of, uh, 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 the Asian uh, landmass through the Arctic again the US Navy is not active there in any real sense and only Russia is so the entire breakdown of logistics around the world are changing and are changing very, very quickly. So we're seeing supply chains that are exclusionary rather than inclusive. Multiple supply chains, multiple multi-dimensional things, all of this is changing. BlackRock with $8 trillion in assets. That's a very interesting point, by the way. I just said BlackRock, $8 trillion in assets. Of course, none of this money is theirs in in principle. It's their clients, right? But they don't act that way. The same thing we talked about with banks. When you place money with a bank, you don't own it any longer. You own a debt. You're a debtor of the bank. Um, The bank owes you money, but the money is now theirs. You deposit it with them. You don't own it any longer. Same thing with BlackRock. They have $8 trillion in assets. They do without what they want. It doesn't matter what you want. So they have a concept called the great moderation, the four-decade period of largely stable activity and inflation. BlackRock, the chairman of BlackRock, just announced last week that he believes this concept of great moderation is behind us. There is a new regime now of greater macro and market volatility. It's playing out. Inflation and supply chain issues have tampered with the dollar's value. (coughs) Pardon me. You have to remember that a currency, a fiat currency, and the dollar is one of them, is a commodity. And it's dependent on like, like any other commodity on supply and demand when the demand for dollars is high the value of the dollar is high when the demand increases the value of the dollar decreases the value is not just value in terms of economic value nor is what's the price of a dollar as compared to i don't know what a euro or a yen or a, a whatever but also the how much people desire to own dollars <clears throat> So if until Biden administration, for instance, the United States had a deal with uh, Saudi Arabia that oil would only and and always be traded strictly in dollars, meaning that dollars were in constantly high demand, and Biden broke the deal, basically smashed the smithereens. So the demand for the dollar has been dropping precipitously for the past 2 years at an ever increasing rate what does this mean none of us knows we can we can attempt to predict it but nobody knows what's going on there is no economic model for 2024 all of the economic models that we've had that we've used for the last 500 years are breaking down all economic models for the last 500 years have been based on the concept of more. More people, more more growth, more this, more that, more everything. Now everything is changing. Everything is going back to less. Populations are shrinking in the, around the world, particularly in advanced economies, except for Israel, of course. But every advanced economy around the world, United States, all of North America, all of Uh, all of Europe, etc., all of these places have shrinking populations. All of them. Population of Germany shrank by half a million people over the last couple of years. So, demography matters. What what does this do to the economic models? Nobody knows. That's one of the reasons why this whole process intellectually is fascinating. It's also a source of tremendous risk. And we need to be aware, as I said at the beginning, 2023 will be a year of significant challenges
2: and significant risk. So even with all of the... Sorry, even with all of the immigration coming in to Europe, there's still a shortage of people and manpower? Very good, good point, yes.
0: The answer to that is yes, because... Uh, 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 the, mig- the migration is not one directional People are also leaving And where are they going to? As, as I mentioned last week, for instance, England, for the first time since the seventh century, is no longer a majority Christian country
2: Well that just that could be because people are just secular they They're not leaving, but they they just don't believe in religion anymore.
0: That's part of the issue, but part of it also is that the ones that continue to believe in many cases, of course not in all cases, but this is the the, the gross global effect, many of them are leaving for other places where they, where they can still feel more comfortable.
2: And where are they going? Where are Europeans going today?
0: Um, a lot of places. They're going to Australia, they're going to uh, 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 New Zealand, they're going to... Um, some are going to South America. Uh, some are going to Canada, the United States. It's an interesting point because the, we're not seeing a, we're not seeing formations of, of communities. We're seeing dispersals. Now remember, all this is coupled with demographic decline. So the birth rates are extraordinarily low in all of these countries, even with the. Even with the tremendous influx of people, I'll, I'll give you an example, an example which almost sounds humorous, even though it's horrible and tragic. There's a survey every year of the happiest countries in the world, and right. Denmark every year comes out to be the, one of the two happiest countries in the world. Finland and Denmark are the happiest countries in the world. Huh. The suicide rate in Denmark, this past, uh, it was announced this past week, has risen to heights that has never, got, never been seen before. This is a happy country with a high suicide rate. How do you explain that?
2: Well, I, does it have anything to do with the COVID lockdowns and
1: the
0: COVID lockdowns
2: ended a year and a half
0: ago, I think. Suicide is now. Okay. Particularly among youth. So do you have an explanation? I don't have an explanation. I don't think anyone does. Hmm. I think this is, a, again, this is like the economic models, these are things that, The models that we've seen till now um, are not really relevant. We have a new situation in the world today. We don't really understand it. It'll take a long time before we do understand it. And it will take a very long time before any of this begins to stabilize, either on the demographic, the economic front, uh, or any of these things. And as I said, uh, as I said at the very beginning, there are major wars. We don't know how to handle that. People generally think of war as kinetic war. What's happening in the Ukraine? That's war. No. That's only one type of war. We're seeing a a war of capital. We're seeing geopolitical war. We're seeing technology war. We're seeing trade war. All sorts of wars. Sometimes they're mixed. Sometimes they're they're not. And we're seeing these things happen all over the place. Hmm. So there's a great deal of confusion. Again, as I said, 2023, expect a year, in my personal opinion, a year of major changes, high risk. People need to be cautious, thoughtful, and before you make any major moves, study study it very well, because don't expect it to be like, as I said, things are going back to normal. They are not. The normal that existed is no longer there, and nobody, no real serious analysts
2: expect it to return anywhere in the foreseeable future. So let me ask you this question. We all hear and heard about the plans for, quote, unquote, the Great Reset. And we know that the uh, elite, the political elite and otherwise of the world are trying to push the world towards globalism and away from nationalism. So that is why it my understanding that they are destroying people's love for their nations, their patriotism. They're attacking it all the time. They're making them hating their countries and their country's history because they want them to look at themselves as global citizens rather than as Americans or Israelis or French or whatever. And so my question to you is, do you see all of this happening That this is exactly what they were planning for and wanting to happen? Or do you think this is something that they set into motion, but it's taken on a life of its own and it's taking the world someplace else?
0: I think all of the above and more. Okay. Um, These people are people that think they have phenomenal power. They do not. These are people that think they can control all of the world's currencies. They cannot, but they're, egregious uh, um, uh, uh, self-aggrandizement, their their, their their arrogance is such that they their, their, their attempt to force these things like this so-called Great Reset upon the world, and they don't control the world. They think they do, but they don't. So, for instance, if we just take one example from our own area, if they think the Great Reset is going to have a big impression on, upon the world of Islam... Which is about one sixth of the planet. Well, that that's total foolish foolishness. The, um, uh, uh, no Muslim, even a a relatively secular Muslim, is going to listen to these people. They're because and they look at them and they're
2: going to say these guys are, are, are crazy, total madness. Well, you don't think that they've thought about that? That they you know they, that while they're planning this, they would, they would ask themselves where might we meet the most resistance, and that would be with islamic countries and, and populations
0: i don't first of all my comments and not just uh, islam islamic countries islamic is just an example there are many countries that, uh, the japanese are going to listen to them. the chinese are going to listen to them indians are going to listen to them and you, um, you uh, don't South think America that they've considered this possibility none of, these, none of these places are going to listen to the to these
2: globalists <coughs> right but you don't think that they've they've taken that into account and they have a plan or well, that? if
0: we listen to, for instance, the, the the pardon me the 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 guy who now calls himself the the king of 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 England or whatever he calls himself, uh, no, because their plan is to exterminate the people of Africa. That's what he said. He wants to simply he wants the world to have half a billion people, and all of them to be northern Europeans. He doesn't want Greeks
2: or Africans or Indians or Chinese or Jews. Are you talking about King Charles? Yes, sir. And when, when and where did he say this, and what exactly did he say? He said it more than once, and he, he stated more than once that his, uh, his concept
0: of a, of a healthy planet is half a billion people.
2: Okay, but how do you know that that means that, how do you, I mean, because those are very serious charges, what you're saying. So how do you translate that into that well, he I'm wants to kill the Africans? Well, I'm saying
0: that he clearly doesn't have any power to do anything except talk. This is not somebody that's that ever had any accomplishments in his life. But this is the way they think. They think they can control these systems. They cannot. So they think that, 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 that if they say that this is what needs to happen, this is what will happen. You're asking, do they, have they thought of this? I don't think they have. I don't think they've thought this through.
2: Really, with all their money and resources and power that they do yield. Well, that, fine, great, so they have some power, so what? so
0: does, so do other people? There are many foci of power in the world today, and I think the Ukraine war is a su- superb example of that. It's tragic, of course all, all, all kinetic warfare is tragic. <coughs> but I think we're seeing here that you know, look at how irate all of these uh, all of these people are at Russia and look at what uh, how much of this has affected Russia Russia. Russian economy is healthier now than it was before the war. In January of of, 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 of a year ago, it's larger, it's grown more faster, it it, it it it's more successful than any economy in Europe, in Europe. So how how much of these globalists affected actual Russian people, or Russian policy? Well, not very much. They certainly have had an effect. As I said, they're they're moving their oil and gas eastward rather than westward. So that's an effect.
2: But are they controlling things? No, they're not controlling things. They think it. so now saying all that you said, what is in our hands that we're able to do? Well that's the it? things that I was talking about. Every what every, you know,
0: I can I can put it in a philosophical manner. My my the what I believe to be the greatest television program America ever produced was was, was Stargate and uh, Almodovar said, "In the final analysis, the only thing we control is whether we are good or evil." Okay, that's very philosophical, marvelous statement, but that's not really what you're asking. Um, what we control basically is our own finances, our own th- way of doing things, our own way of thinking. We control our those of us who have investments, investment portfolio, We control what we do with with what with what resources we have. So as an example, one of the things that I've said over the past uh, many weeks is, if you can, take your money out of, and, and if you're in the United States, take your money out of the large banks, go to local small banks for as much as you can. There you have more control than you do in the large banks. Large banks control you, you can control your finances if you're working with a small bank, you matter to them.
2: Okay, and again, that is opinion and everybody has to make their own decisions, what they do with their money.
0: Obviously, I'm saying these are the things that you can control. You're asking, what can you control? You can control what happens somewhat with your retirement accounts. If you're in a big unionized organization, you have less control. If you're a private person, you have more control. You need to, every individual needs to look at these things and and say to himself, him or herself, What can I control? What degrees of control can I have at each individual point? And then to examine each one of those and say, what can I do to ensure the benefit of my family and my life?
2: Okay, so I'm listening to you and I'm thinking that is good and we should be doing this perhaps, but I also have learned that fighting a war defensively the The chances anyone you're going to win is 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 very very poor. That we have to uh, wage a war and fight it offensively, if we want to. you you're talking about a country. Or you're talking about individuals. I, I'm talking about well, I think everything. So my 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 question to you is is that what you're saying sounds like a defensive measure to protect ourselves, but it's not a uh, an an attack. On the evil out there, or what we perceive as evil.
0: Well, that's a that's a good. It's a very good comment. Let, let me try to answer it briefly because our time is running out. But um, clearly, it's true to say a good defense is a good offense. So when you can be offensive, you should. But you don't. You don't always. You don't always have the ability. So you also need to be able to defend yourself. So if we begin with defense, where can one on an individual basis or a community basis go on the offense? And I would say, again, maybe this is a little bit of chutzpah on my part, and I apologize if it is, where can you go on the offensive? In anything that controls your the education of your children? In anything that controls your spiritual life? Where you have you have, uh, 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 where you have the ability to control, you can control what synagogue, church, mosque, whatever you go to, you choose to, to attend. These are things that you can control, and if you do it wisely enough, it does have an offense aspect to it. Because the, when, you, when you strengthen these organizations that have a tendency to strengthen the community, you're, act, you're acting on the offense is that clear or am i being confusing here
2: well it's an, it's an a, it's an answer I, I mean I, clearly I mean no, nobody's gonna nobody's gonna suggest you you take a gun and start shooting people That's has got God a forbid, God forbid. People no we value life we don't value shooting above people, everything else yes unless you're protecting your own life but I all right I guess so maybe we'll need to leave it there
0: the only place where I perceive that we can go on the offense today as individuals is on the spiritual plane.
2: I agree with that. I agree with that. And I also think uh, that there are some predicaments in life, in the world and in history where we can't uh, extricate ourselves from the muck that we find ourselves in and then we have to call out to God and have God do it. You know, I, I just think back on the story of Egypt when we were when the Jewish people were slaves in Egypt and Pharaoh was putting harsh decrees on us and we couldn't take it anymore. And we didn't have the power to overthrow Pharaoh. So we cried but we out to actually, God. But well we did
0: have the power.
2: Well, God God uh, we, we Because were, when we cried out
0: as a people, not as just individuals then we do have power. Well, okay, so that's what I'm getting at. We cried
2: out to God, and God came in and and, uh, liberated the Jewish people. We cried out as a people, not as individuals. So, So I do think that we may be in a similar situation today, historically, where the powers that are, Mo- these these uh, in my opinion these are evil powers mean evil in the sense of it takes people away from God and makes people gods that's what I, I see that you know their their mentality or their ideal uh, ideology is that's what I see it's my opinion and that we need to f- uh, fight this, spiritually and fight this idealistically as well and if we can't if we don't have that power to be able to change things then we need to cry out to god god forbid to kill people or hurt people god forbid we're all brothers and sisters but we need to cry out to god and say god we can't do it ourselves we we are looking up to you we are looking to you to to uh to do this and uh and help us and send us our redeemer right well, that that's the difference between between the individual and the community. Uh, in
0: Hebrew, we have the concept of a minyan, where you have a, a certain quorum of people. That once you work together, you have uh, uh, uh um uh, what's the American expression? The sum is more
2: than equal than more equals more than the parts. Yeah. Yeah. The parts equal. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. Go ahead. Whatever. (laughs) Anyway, we're going to end it here. we got to go. I want to thank you very much for each week, Dr. Mordecai Ben-Menachem, coming on and giving us a uh, look at the trends, where where they're going. It's very interesting, very fascinating. And we should all just merit to see goodness for all of people, freedom and righteousness. And we should just uh, all be good to each other. We need to all be good together with one
0: another, and we also need to remember always that real freedom comes from inside.
2: The undying spirit. you believe that you you never will. <laughs> all right. All right. Well, everybody, I hope that we have all learned something and we can take something away with us today. You've been listening to the Tamar Yona Show here at IsraelNewsTalkRadio.com. And if you have any comments or questions for Dr. Mordechai Ben-Menachem, feel free to write it at uh, Tamar, T-A-M-A-R, at IsraelNewsTalkRadio.com. By the way, every Monday now a new show is going to be taking place. It's called The Jewish Time Bomb. And it's going to be a real amazing, explosive show. Don't miss it.
1: Israel News Talk Radio's chat room.